Manchester United versus Manchester City. Live from Old Trafford. On Off The Ball. With William Hill. Bringing you an epic weekend of Premier League football. Who you got? 18 plus cgamblingcare.ie This is News Talk. First, as always, it's the news round. Shane Hannan joins me in studio. How are you, Shane? Good afternoon, John. How are things? Not too bad, thank you. I did a marathon in 20... Uh, look, any opportunity I get to, to boast about this, John... It's a great I, achievement, Shane. Well, listen, I, I did it the wrong way around. So, 2015 Dublin Marathon. Uh, the furthest I ran in the build-up was 10 kilometres. Now, remember, a, a marathon is 26.2 miles. What's that, 40... I don't know, is it 42, 43, 44 Five kilometers? eights, whatever five yeah, eights are It's a lot of kilometres, basically. And uh, I was in the pub a couple of nights before the marathon. <laughs> uh, it was very silly. I uh, wouldn't recommend it, but managed to finish it and was absolutely buzzing, delighted at the end. Did you get the tinfoil? Didn't get the tinfoil. I wanted the tinfoil, in fact, just for the just for the whole look, to make it look like a professional <laughs> athlete. But um, yeah, if, if I did it again, I'd love to give it a proper six-month whack of, of training. What did you get or, right? What did you not get right? Apart from uh, the pub thing. Apart from the not training whatsoever. Um like there were, there were parts in the middle where I was watching people in their 60s go overtake me and I, I consider myself quite fit but it was just people who have done marathon after marathon uh, you build up the experience from doing it like it's not good on your knees to do too many marathons but I know there's people out there who run uh, an outrageous amount of, of marathons and, and my, I, I, they, they have my utmost respect because it's such a difficult endeavour like mentally as, as well When did you hit the wall? Because everybody does I remember, I remember reaching the 13 mile point the, the halfway mark and there's kind of, was, I can't remember exactly where in Dublin it was in the course that year but you go under kind of the thing it's almost like a finish line in itself to, to celebrate the halfway and everyone's cheering you and I remember thinking Jesus I have to, I have to do that exact distance again and I felt like, like I was in absolute bits at that point I had to walk at different parts and I was like, like it just Do you feel a bit defeated when you start walking? A little bit yeah a little bit especially when you're seeing you know men and women who could be your grandparents jogging past you <laughs> but no, I, look, I did it in four hours, 12 minutes, 30 seconds. You remember everything you see. Oh, the whole, the whole lot. I'd love to go back and do it again and give it a proper whack and maybe get down to the three and a half or even yes. less. Um, Anybody but, who does it, I think, is a great achievement. Obviously, you've got the elite athletes there tomorrow, but I think we're talking about 20,000 people yeah. around that. Cameron Hills is with us in the studio. Have you ever done a marathon? Is that a joke? Absolutely <laughs> not. No. I did the 100 days of walking this year. Yeah, the first, oh, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I have a friend coming over from London. I walk uh, a lot, but I've never done a marathon. Mm. No, it's it's a big undertaking, isn't it? I saw a post It's a problem when week. you're obsessed about sport and all you do in your life is watch too much sport and <laughs> and then... It's the cruel irony. We watch so much sport that we don't get, a, get any exercise You watch ourselves. so much sport and then you enjoy watching sport and you enjoy having a few beers and you enjoy having... Sometimes food you shouldn't have. I <laughs> know. <laughs> in fairness, a lot of uh, the, the off the ball office is fairly good for people who go to the gym and get out running and play sports and stuff. We're not we're not the worst, no. you know, in terms of workplaces. Yeah, <laughs> we're not a completely uh, sedimentary. Is, yeah. that the, is that the phrase? I think John brought us back down to earth. There, you were going a sort of you're welcome, everybody. That we sacrifice so much of our exercise time to bring the world. The sports news, but John's more realistic Sed- about it. <laughs> sedentary, Stephen is a uh, sedentary, not sedimentary. That, that's that's, that's something limestone. we learned in geography yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day. Uh, so a different phrase altogether. You'll be telling us about the quality of rocks now in a few minutes' time. <laughs> yeah. Great but rocks yeah. up in Monaghan. Yeah, great rocks up there. Yeah, <laughs> stony grey soil. Um, but yeah, no. I, look, like for anyone doing the marathon, and I, I remember even the, the Dublin Marathon Expo. I think is on this morning. Might have been on yesterday as well, and people are. I was coming in through um, the south of Dublin into the office and the RDS is absolutely buzzing. Hopping at the moment. Um, 
But yeah, no, fitness is a thing that sometimes you, you're getting a really right. I know I walk up hills quite a lot and mm. that's a really good thing to do. Uh, quite steep hills. And then you go through phases of not doing that and life sometimes gets in the way, but it's it's important to do. There is nothing like like the, the runner's high and people like, uh, I mean, people who run will understand this. People who don't will... Uh, Endorphins. Yeah, people give out about it. They go, oh, why are people who, who run all the time always talking about running? It's a good addiction as opposed to a bad one. It's a massive. great addiction. There's a, there's a real buzz as you say in a Norfolk High that comes with even just emptying the tank for yeah. a sprint on the last 100 metres it's so satisfying Oh, so yeah I mean this is the weekend to get into it to be honest not tomorrow you might be mistaken for someone running the marathon but um, definitely I would recommend getting into running well we'll have all the tips at half one and the do's and don'ts because there are I'm sure pitfalls and things you shouldn't do 100% um Train, definitely train. It's too late. It's too late if you haven't trained. If you haven't trained for tomorrow, focus on next no. year's Dublin Marathon. Focus on there's plenty of time. One hundred percent. Ronnie O'Sullivan, like he he's written a book called Running, where he talks about like he's obviously a man who's been addicted to different things. He's been addicted to snooker for for his whole his whole life. He was addicted to to narcotics and alcohol at different points in his life, and then he became addicted to running and even food and nutrition now. So he's got he's a completely addictive lifestyle. Yes, he's gone into the healthy addictions now. I once had a doctor tell me that. Uh, Diet and exercise are the best doctors you can have. Or, or somebody that wasn't a doctor, but somebody I was speaking to at the time. Um, and Danny was right. Where are we going to begin this news round? Yeah, we'll begin with uh, the title winners. Because last night, Shamrock Rovers matched the achievement of their 1987 squad. Late goals from Aaron Green and Graham Burke saw Stephen Bradley's side win 2-0 at St. Pat's to secure a fourth consecutive SSE Artricity Premier Division title. Rovers boss Stephen Bradley spoke with Ashling O'Reilly, our own Ashling O'Reilly, after the game. Incredible. Yeah. Uh... Players have been unbelievable. Um, to win one, two, three, then to go again for four is incredible. You know, I think they deserve unbelievable credit. It's it's amazing what they've achieved in terms of show up every day, every week. Uh, we've had some tough times this year, but they've stayed together. They're brothers. They support each other through thick and thin, and, and the end result is is what you see tonight. What does it mean to you to to be the man that has done this, the only manager that has won four in a row? I look, I'm, I'm very, very lucky, to be honest. I'm the front of it. Um, people see me and hear me and my name is the manager, but I've had so much people around me. I have Glenn, I have Stephen, I have Jose, I have Owen, Mark, Tony Mack. I'm, I'm incredibly lucky with the people I have around me. And then obviously the players, <laughs> you can have all the staff you want. If you haven't got the players, it's irrelevant. And um, I'm lucky. I, I manage the best team in the country, the best group of men in the country. And I have the best staff in the country, so I'm, I'm very lucky. And this year in particular, there was a lot of challenges, you know, away from the pitch, your own personal challenges as well. You know, to be able to get over the line this year in particular, it's, it's something else. This year was extremely hard. This year was the hardest year for de- many different reasons. Um, considering the start we had on the pitch, if there was ever a chance someone was going to get as it was this year, considering that start, um, I think we were 10 points behind Derry at one stage and, and the players just kept chipping away, kept focused and uh, I believed in them. Even then I believed in them, I trust them um, and then obviously we've had different challenges thrown at us personally. Uh, stuff has happened, hasn't been nice and, and uh, as a group we've had stuff thrown at us but we stick together, we go again and, and that's always been our way and, and uh, yeah, and we've been successful. Well done, Shamrock Rovers. Only been achieved once before in 1987 by Shamrock Rovers. Mm, some achievement. And uh, Stephen Bradley buzzing. Like, it's amazing. You see, you, you feel like sometimes, you know, four in a row, the excitement will have waned and, and maybe the, the buzz of winning the title will have gone. But the scenes last night of that game in Inchicore, 
Clearly Rovers fans, uh, I was chatting to someone who was at the match last night, he said it was an unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, plenty of banter back and forth between the opposing fans. Uh, Stephen Bradley, Bradley's reaction at full time. I think it's nice when you win at your rival's home ground as well. I think it adds a little bit of spice to the whole thing as well. Uh, there were other games at home last night as well. I should mention Jack Moylan's hat-trick placed Shelburne in the box seat for European qualification. They had a 3-2 win at home to UCD. Bohemians look like they'll need to win the FAI Cup final to make Europe after last night's 2-0 defeat at Dundalk. While Derry City were 1-0 winners away to Cork City. Uh, just a point for Sligo Rovers at home to Drogheda today. will condemn Cork City to the promotion relegation playoff. That game is at 6pm. Uh, with Co-Rounders hold a 1-0 lead over Wexford going into their second leg at St Coleman's Park. The Republic of Ireland women's team could secure promotion to League A of the Nations League on Tuesday. Katie McCabe's hat-trick saw Ireland beat Albania 5-1 in Tala last night to preserve their 100% record. A win over the same opposition in Skodar on Tuesday, coupled with a draw for Northern Ireland and Hungary, means Ireland will be promoted and secure a Euro playoff. Interim Irish manager Eileen Gleeson spoke with our own Kathleen McNamee, host of the Koi Gig Pod, after the game. Albania didn't come here to lose. They came here to play and to try to win. And if, if we don't do our tasks and we allow players to be free in the middle and don't you know, block crosses and uh, allow teams to have space. Of course, they're going to they're try to score, and that's what they did. And we weren't happy with ourselves, in the, in, you know, about that moment. And we're still not happy that we conceded a goal. So, you know, we joined, we want clean sheets. So, yeah, we thought it was sloppy, but it's how do you respond then? So you have to go again. So I think the girls overall did well in that. Yeah, a special night as well for Diane Caldwell. She led the team out as captain on her 100th appearance the Irish national team, our second time captaining the team following the 1-0 loss to Russia back in 2022. She becomes the seventh women's national team centurion following Emma Byrne, Anya O'Gorman, Nia Fahey, Louise Quinn, Denise O'Sullivan and Kira Grant. And a pre-match presentation of a gold cap was made last night by the FAI president, Jerry McEnany. Caldwell also spoke to our own Kathleen McNamee after the match last night. Have a listen. Yeah, wow, it's, it's overwhelming. Um but uplifting at the same time, you know, you've been there through the whole journey um, and the development of the women's game as a whole. And it's something that I'm really proud of, what this team has achieved on and off the pitch. And uh, yeah, there's there's not another team that I would prefer to go out and battle with, you know, they're just a great bunch of girls and they always have been throughout the years. And yeah, I remember watching Kira Grant and Emma Byrne getting presented with their 100th cap away back when and I was thinking to myself, wow, would I ever get to that number? Like, that just seems so far away. And yeah, look, here I am. So I'm very grateful. You're watching? Yeah, I got the, got a lot of the highlights of last night's game at Tallis Stadium. And one thing, you notice a lot of empty seats as well. It was billed as a sellout before the game. There's this problem as well of people buying tickets for the Irish uh, women's games and not going to the matches. I don't know why that is. Uh, but it certainly didn't look like a sellout uh, and I was only watching on television but seemed like a good atmosphere all the same a lot of chance for uh, Katie McCabe uh, she only scores bangers Hattrick last night Kira Caruso with two as well uh, Caruso's first goal I think it was the goal to put Ireland 3-1 up Katie McCabe gets the ball deep skips past Albanian players like they're not there um, and that was one of her two assists to go along with the Hattrick last night she was unbelievable Caruso had a brilliant header from her Katie McCabe cross as well um, really solid performance they'll be disappointed to not have a clean sheet like went 1-0 up after 3 minutes and then just 4 minutes later Albania equalised against the run of play um, and they will be disappointed it was a lovely finish actually in cross from the Albanians but um, at least there are things to work on you know conceding a goal to the likes of Albania shouldn't happen uh, but still a 5-1 win you can't exactly complain and Katie McCabe once again supreme It's a strange time to have it 
that game last night. Mm, was it 545? Quarter, quarter to six on yeah. a Friday night going out to Tala. I'd expected it had something to do with television. It, television, yeah. but rush hour traffic, you know? Like the, I heard Kathleen was saying that a lot of people were having trouble even just getting out to Tala last night mm. just because of, you know, the rush hour that comes with Dublin on a Friday evening. You know, I guess, as you say, it's television, but it's Tala Stadium. It's a place that shouldn't, this Ireland team shouldn't have a problem filling out now at this no. stage, really. So it is a little bit of a disappointment, but I mean, you can't argue with the result. Mm, that's fair. There was action in the Premier League last night as well. Hyungmin Son's eighth goal of the season have moved Tottenham five points clear at the top of the Premier League. John's dancing here in the studio listening to this. They were 2-1 winners away to Crystal Palace. There are only four games today. Chelsea currently hosting Brentford in the lunchtime kickoff, just about to go uh, half-time in that one, or a minute and a half left until half-time at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea nil, Brentford nil is the latest yeah, score. Just watching this, uh, Cole Palmer playing well for Chelsea. Chelsea been all over them, have had to hit the woodwork. Madueke hit the woodwork. Plenty of chances, three changes. Dizazi, Madueke and Jackson in for Chelsea today. Brentford with Rowerslev and Hickey in. Collins plays for them. Mm. Three o'clock then, Arsenal welcoming Sheffield United to the Emirates. Burnley go to Bournemouth and at half past five, Wolves entertain Newcastle. We'll go back to Spurs in a second, John. I know you, you'll want to touch on them. But just to update people on the scores in the Championship, uh, Leeds United <clears throat> approaching halftime, 3-0 to the good at home to Huddersfield Town. Cameron Hill now dancing in the studio beside mm-hmm. me, the Leeds United fan. Uh, James Daniel James with a couple of goals and Somerville with the other four leads in that game 44 minutes on the clock while at St Mary's Stadium Southampton 2 Birmingham City 0 is the latest score Howard Bellis and Alcaraz with the goals for Southampton in that one Gavin Bazunu of course in goals for Southampton in that game the other games in the championship today uh, 3 o'clock Blackburn Rovers against Swansea City it's Cardiff versus Bristol City Hull against Preston North End Ipswich Town host Plymouth Argyle Middlesbrough versus Stoke City it's QPR against Leicester City Norwich travelled to Sunderland and Watford take on Millwall. But John, Spurs five points clear, you must be buzzing. Well, that's never happened in the Premier League before for Tottenham ever. And it's their best start since 1960-61, the last time Tottenham won a league title. And that's not going to happen this season. But there is definitely more of a chance now of getting into the top five. And top five should be enough for qualification for the Champions League next season. So Spurs manage that and keep their players fit. I think James Madison has to stay fit. Mickey van de Ven, Christian Romero have to stay fit. Been really impressed by the goalkeeper. Son is scoring goals again. And they have Benton Court coming back into the team. So if you're a Tottenham fan with no European distractions, with no League Cup to worry about, um, if the players stay fit, they don't have the arduous journeys around Europe that other teams have, they can, I think, definitely get into the top five. James Madison involved in most positive things that Spurs do. He's incredible. Well, the second goal, anybody who sees the second goal, was mm. fantastic. It was a beautiful move between Brendan Johnson, James Madison and Son finishing it. And Madison is a player that is of the Tottenham cloth. Historically, he's a he's a huddle type player. He's a creative player, and I just hope he stays injury free because Tottenham have got nobody to replace him. And I don't think there are that many players like James Madison in the Premier League at the moment. No, hundred percent. There are games in the Scottish Premiership today. I should mention as well at uh, three o'clock, Celtic travel to Hibs. It's Livingston against Dundee, Motherwell versus Ross County, and St Mirren against St Johnston. Uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid, of course, taking place today. El, El Clasico in La Liga. That's a three fifteen p.m. kickoff. Uh, last night's result in La Liga: Girona one, Celta Vigo nil. That moves Girona three points clear at the top of La Liga. Girona. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing to see that like you have Girona first, Real Madrid second, Barcelona third, Atletico fourth. Like, I mean, if you're a Girona fan right now, and I'm sure there aren't many of them listening, but uh, what an incredible achievement for them and long may it last. Five three one six since modern. Uh, so that's so one text I'm not going to read. Uh, how do you know when someone has done a marathon? Oh, don't worry, they'll tell you. Facts says Marto. I agree. I agree, and I've done one, and I can continue to tell people. Uh, I think that's fair enough. And we have also a couple of announcements to make as well. 
Remember, folks, Braeburn Coffee, the official coffee partner of OTB. Stop by Braeburn's drive through Cafe in Ashburn, Retail Park, County Meath. Sit down or drive through. It's up to you. With coffee served your way alongside some delicious breakfast, lunch and sweet treat options, it is the perfect pit stop on your journey. And don't forget, we heard off the ball as well have launched our new on-demand subscription service. If you'd like to listen back to our podcast or watch our videos, all of our extensive on-demand content. We're talking about over 50 podcasts a week is available ad-free. To get further details, but how to sign up for $9.99 a month via the Off The Ball app, where three free podcasts a month are free, go to offtheball.com forward slash join. You've also got the option to listen on Apple or Spotify, or if you prefer to watch this, you can on YouTube. Be sure, though, to subscribe in the platform of your choice. The available platforms are all independent subscriptions. They do not interconnect. Where else are we going now? Yeah, well, uh, it's just gone half time. At Stamford Bridge, Chelsea nil, Brentford nil is the score there. And of course, we have live commentary tomorrow afternoon of the Manchester Derby. Keith Tracy alongside Stephen Doyle for that one. A half past three kickoff, strangely, on a Sunday. Um, not sure if Manchester United fans are looking forward to this particular Manchester Derby. All the evidence would say that City should win tomorrow and win comfortably. Yeah, like, you know, Casemiro's back in. Um, I don't know what, like, when, when Amrabat was taken off midweek against Copenhagen and Ericsson came on in the second half, United did improve. And that's not to say Amrabat should be the fall guy or Casemiro should, should be the fall guy. he was on his own, Amrabat, wasn't he? He was. I, I do a lot of dog work and uh, running. Copenhagen were pretty much level on all the stats. Mm. And it took Onana's save to, to keep them out. He, every United win, apart from the Palace winning the League Cup, every United win this season has had, a, a, had an unconvincing sheen to it. Yeah. And look, the strange thing is, like, tomorrow... United, uh, for some reason, seem to up it for, for big games, the derbies. That's not to say they'll, they'll win tomorrow or get anything out of the game, but you couldn't rule it out. You couldn't um, rule it out, but they have lost three of the last four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. when you put it like that. It's just not good. And when you have a centre-half partnership of, of Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans, I know um, Raphael Varane is back in now, but even look, someone like Anthony, who's been troubled off the pitch as well and, and, and had things to deal with, but... They've no vim, they've no vigour, they've oh, no dynamism, no. they've no... Um, when, when people are previewing a game against bottom side Sheffield United who've been nothing short of dreadful so far this year and going I don't know the Blades could get a win here Yeah, but that's not good <laughs> like a lot of United fans want Garnaccio to start more games but then he, yeah. he comes on the other night it's just a rust to United a rust to the whole club even uh, Rashford as well Like, but Rashford's a confidence player for yeah. me I'm just looking at the Beckham documentary I watched a couple of episodes last night the Brilliant. first two episodes and you're just seeing United at the time as world champions effectively like they were the best team in the world you'd say around the late 90s and then they were again in 2008 but Ferguson there the whole kind of prestige around the club the club is rusting it's mm. rusting in every way it's rusting in terms of its infrastructure it's rusting in terms of its ownership we'll see if Jim Ratcliffe makes a difference it's rusting in terms of its philosophy and Ten Hag has not been the person he was in Ajax yet I mean I, tr- I know he's trying to bring standards to the club but they seem to lack leaders I don't know if Bruno Fernandes is the right captain mm. I just don't know Sometimes you forget you forget that it's Manchester United. You forget about the aura of the club, and then it was twenty six years it took them until they won that title in ninety three, and mm. now it's going to be eleven years at least. Yeah, they're in the Liverpool nineties phase. It seems one hundred percent. Look during the week, even before the game, it was probably emotional for a lot of United fans ahead of the game against Copenhagen because you saw Alex Stepney walk onto the pitch. Of course, the goalkeeper in that nineteen sixty eight European Cup final with a wreath alongside Eric Ten Hag. Uh, and the captain of the of the youth team as well. I mean, it was emotional, and you, it kind of reminded a lot of fans, I think, about the aura, the stature of the club, where where it was, where it should be. Uh, and under the Glazer um, tenure, it just hasn't got to those heights. I know they took over in 05, they won a couple of titles thereafter, but the last 10 years have been 
dismal for United. And look, it's still going to be an interesting game tomorrow. Can Absolutely. Erling Haaland bounce back? And There's always a chance. 100%. We'll see. Uh, other soccer news as well, football news, I should say, to bring you. Shelburne uh, announcing in the last hour or so to announce that manager Noah King will leave the club at the end of the current season. Uh, of course, in charge of the women's team at the club. King spent three years in charge of Shells having been appointed in the winter of 2020, ended a five-year wait for top domestic honours, guiding them to the Women's National League title in his first season in charge in 2021. In the following season, they recorded a domestic double as Shells won the league and the FAI Cup. New Zealand, South Africa, 8 o'clock tonight. Keith Woodle will preview in about an hour's time. Who do we want to win? Oh, it's got to be New Zealand, right? Why? Cameron so we can say, oh, it was just a one-score game, Ireland, New Zealand, it could have been us. Could have been us. I mean, you, you know, you caveat that with, yeah, maybe we would have won it if... Uh, if Jordy Barrett hadn't gotten in the way, but uh, it's always good to lose to the eventual champions, right? And does it matter? I think it does. It looks better on paper, yeah. I think it does, yeah. and I think you have to. Like we're talking about the identity of rugby right now, and it's a very big existential. Oh no, what's going to happen? I, I'm not convinced that the seven-one should work, and I don't think it'd be good if it worked tonight. I'm not. I. I don't think South Africa will have it tonight. I think. Not well, having a replacement out half on the bench well is a big also, mistake. Well, also the France and England impact of those games. Will there be a degree of fatigue? There? Totally. I mean, and New Zealand have had a a golden run through this World Cup. Mm. They have, and they've just gotten stronger and stronger. My personal take is that Damien McKenzie off the bench will be the difference in this final. He's just he's put together quietly a very good run over the pool games and into the knockout phases, and is looking like he might be able to add something. For Mwanga, or if he doesn't come off, maybe Bowden Barrett comes off and Mackenzie comes in and you've two tens. He's a really electric player. You look at Sam Whitelock, who's on that bench just to hopefully stem the flow of that seven one. Yeah. And I just think South Africa clearly picking Andre Pollard, they're gonna have a kicking game. Mm. They're gonna go aerial. It's percentages for that. It, it is. And the All Blacks haven't been challenged in that way at all during the World Cup. Even yeah. Ireland don't have that great an aerial game or don't try that. So that's how they're going to go at this New Zealand team. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think you can expect a lot of tries. But I just think New Zealand, they have that pedigree. Yeah, the, we- the weather's going to play into this one yes, as well. Like correct. Quinny was saying yesterday, you know, the weather will remains to be seen, how, what it will be like with potential rain for that one this evening um, at 8 o'clock at the start of France. But you even think about peaking, the word peaking for a tournament. You look at England and like before this tournament were abysmal under Steve Borthwick. They've made it to a semi-final, they finished third. Um, like the All Blacks didn't have a good pre-tournament and even within the tournament itself New Zealand South Africa I mean didn't qualify top of their pool and yet they're both progressing and uh, World Cup finalists so it's I mean the sense you need a breather in these tournaments you need a breather and you need a very very strong squad 100% so we didn't get a breather and we didn't have maybe possibly as strong a squad as, as other teams yeah and look you say New Zealand had a, had a bit of an easier run but then the, again they had to beat the best team in the world they had to beat Ireland in the quarterfinals yes. and, and did so deservedly did. you know yeah. with what 20 minutes with, with a man less as well uh, so look, that'll be a cracking game this evening. England, of course, last night, as I said, uh, third place in the Rugby World Cup, narrowly overcoming uh, a decent Argentina performance as well. 26 points to 23 in that one. Uh, tri- tries for England from Ben Earl and Theo Dan in that game. Ireland's women can secure promotion to the second tier of the women's 15 this afternoon. They just need to avoid defeat to Spain in Dubai to secure top spot in the third division kickoff is at 2pm Irish time. Some big news from Irish rugby as well on the back page of the Irish Times, certainly this morning. Former Ireland out half David Humphreys is set to succeed David Nusifora as the IRFU's high performance director. According to the Irish Times, Jerry Thorny writing on that this morning, the Belfast native will take over from Nusifora, who steps away from the role next year. Humphreys has previously served as director of rugby at Ulster and Gloucester and is currently with the England and Wales Cricket Board.
What do you make of this? This is very interesting. I think they confirm who's going to be the successor in two weeks' time, and I know some of the names include Connor O'Shea, Razzy Erasmus, Joe Smith, as maybe the guys who will take over. But David Humphreys is a little bit of a left-field pick, but a great pick. If you think back to... He took over from... He became Director of Operations in Ulster after retiring in 2008, became Director of Rugby in 2009, brought in the likes of Ruan Pinar, Joanne Muller, uh, John Afoa into the side, South African like stars, and kind of kick-started a really positive uh, period for the province, culminating in getting to the 2012 uh, European Cup final. It's incredible. It is a really interesting appointment. He's in charge of England and Wales cricket, head of cricket at the moment. So, yeah, I think if he gets it, I'd be very, very encouraged by that appointment. Mm, interesting one, for sure. Keith Wood, of course, will be on the show, as John mentioned later on, to get his reaction to that news as well. Elsewhere in rugby today, Connacht will look to register back-to-back wins at the start of their URC season. Pete Wilkinside welcomed Glasgow Warriors to the sports ground this afternoon from 3 o'clock, while Max Deegan reaches a century of Leinster appearances as they play the Sharks in their first home game of the campaign that gets underway at 5-5 to this evening. In Gaelic Games, Patrick Sweller hoping to win a first Limerick senior hurling title, club hurling title it is, in four years this afternoon. They must dethrone reigning champions in a piercing at the TUS Gaelic Grounds from 5.15. The full fixtures today uh, in the senior terms, of course, loads of junior and intermediate fixtures across the country. The Waterford Senior Football Promotion Relegation Final Strad Bally against Rowan Moore in Kill from half past one. At 3.45 in Duggan Park, not named after John Duggan, but it should be, the Galway Senior B Hurling Championship Final Replay at Haskra against Mulla in that one. In the Cork Senior A Hurling Final Replay, Blarney taking on Newtestown at Porky Cueve at 5pm in that one. The Kerry Senior Football Club Championship Relegation Playoff is at Austin Stack Park in Trilly at half past four. Karen Zorahalis taking on Nagel and the Limerick Senior Hurling Final. I mentioned the Piercing versus Patrick Patrick Swell at the TUS Gaelic Grounds from 5.15. In the Formula 1, Red Bull's Max Verstappen headed McLaren's Lando Norris in practice yesterday at the Mexico City Grand Prix. Verstappen was 0.119 seconds quicker than Norris with Ferrari's Charles Leclerc 0.147 seconds adrift in third. A couple of surprises just outside the top three. Valtteri Bottas' Alfa Romeo with fourth and Daniel Ricciardo's Alfa Torre with sixth. Qualifying begins at 10pm Irish time tonight. And for the snooker fans as well, Joe Trump kept alive his hopes of a third successive ranking title as he battled past Stephen Maguire to reach the Northern Ireland Open semi-finals last night. Trump will face compatriot Barry Hawkins in today's semi-finals. The other semi-final, also an all-English affair today between Jack Lasowski and Chris Wakeland, John. It's also racing at Cheltenham this afternoon. We have racing here as well at home, at Galway. Who's going to win the World Cup? New Zealand or South Africa, just the one? New Zealand by six. New Zealand by eight. Right. New Zealand going to win the World Cup, according to the two lads, Shane, Hannon and Cameron Hill. Thank you so much for the news round. Manchester United versus Manchester City. Live from Old Trafford. On Off The Ball. With William Hill. Bringing you an epic weekend of Premier League football. Who you got? 18 plus. See gamblingcare.ie. This is News Talk.